because my favorite place is the local church. Do you realize that? The local church is what brings hope to humanity. And uh, it's the vehicle in which Jesus uses for us to spread the kingdom. Do you realize that? You and I are on assignment. Okay. I thought that was your job. You're the pastor. That's what we pay you to do. No. The church, each and every one of us, are on assignment. And uh, this week I had to go down to uh, Victoria and just visit uh, uh, my grandma. And uh, if you know, she's not well. And, uh, and, and you know when she's getting better because she always sends you on assignment somewhere. Like for her, apparently, uh, she was just on death's doorstep and they found her and I went down and I visited her and, uh, and I walk in and she's sitting up, she's having a cup of tea. I'm like, you don't look like, was this just a trap just to get me down there? Like, what, what is going on? And, and so I, it was great because I actually got to spend time with her, I got to talk with her and, and later, before, during the week, as I, I tried to talk to her but I actually couldn't, well, she didn't even remember who I was. I was called John. No, it's Sam. Okay, John. No, Sam. Okay, John, I'm going there. I'm like, but, but I got down there and she's like, oh, Sam, welcome. It's great to have you here. Okay. I thought it was great. It was like a miracle. And I remember my sister saying, Sam, you, you don't understand. It wasn't like this a day ago. And it was so funny. I, I went down there. It was not funny, but it was great just to see and experience and just to spend time. And, and if you don't know, she's 93. So she's had a great innings. She's still got her license. She still gets off speeding fines. She is amazing. Um, the story even gets further than that is that when my brother was down there and uh, he was down there and apparently um, she got pulled over and got let off a speeding fine. She said to the, the uh, police officer who was probably, I don't know how old, 12 to her, but said, sorry, sir, um, you know, this is the first time I've ever been fined. Um, and he's like, that's okay, you can go your way. But the story gets even better. Apparently, my brother got booked in the same place, on the same road. That's how the story goes. But he didn't get let off. And then also, apparently, the story goes that my Uncle Chris, in the same spot, same day, got booked as well, by the same officer. And I'm like, I didn't hear this story. How do I not hear these things? And I just sat with her, and she's precise, but she sends me on assignment. She sends me on, she goes, okay, now I want you to go down to Deborah, the hairdresser, and I want you to go down and get her to come back because I want her to cut my hair this week. <laughs> You're in hospital. No, no, she will come down and she will cut my hair. Sure enough, I go down. I, I'm going to, it's only a one street, and I'm trying to find, okay. There's a few hairdressers, I walk in one. Hello, um, I'm just after Deborah. Yes, I'm Deborah. Well, I'm here because Nina Jeff sent me, and... Um, Oh, I know Nina. Yes, she's in hospital. And yes, I'll be there as soon as she wants me. As soon as she's ready, I'll be there to cut her hair. I'm like, okay. Like, there was this thing that, presence that went before me. It, it was like I was stepping into royalty. Anything that I said, they knew. Oh, Nina, yes, you can have that. Well, I could go into any shop. That night, I went to sleep, and as I was sleeping, it started raining. And Victoria, you know, you have hot rain, whatever, everything comes in one day. And that night, I'm sleeping, and there's a bang, a thunderstorm. And that morning, I get up, and I go down the street, and 
And, and you know, in a small country town, there's only 1,200 people in this town, you're looking for a good coffee. And I'd seen this shop, and I thought, that's where it's got to be. I, I went in there. All the lights were off. The coffee was still flowing. And I thought, wow, they're in hard times down here. It's a hard time. Wow. What's the go with the power? And the locals are there and talking, and I asked for a coffee, and I got a nice, one of the best coffees I've ever had. Sorry, Camp. But... But I, I asked them, what's going on? Like, I'm out of town. And they're like, well, we've just had a thunderstorm. I said, oh, sorry, I thought it was a recession or something happening. Like, come on. And, and they're like, oh, what are you here for? And I said, yeah, yeah, right. And they're like, oh, we know her. That's Nina. And it's like, everywhere you go, it's like she'd gone before me. And I think that's the same with the things of God, is that God calls his church. And we've got to realize is that he has gone before us in every way. Is that if he says go somewhere and you go, you know it's already fulfilled. If he promises you something and he says go, you should know that he's already gone before you. And when you get there, it's the response is we've been expecting you. We've been expecting you. And this is what I find, is that we are citizens of heaven. Is that the church is really just citizens of heaven. We're citizens of God's kingdom. We're here to bring heaven to earth. We're here to walk in his kingdom. Do you realize his kingdom is here and now? His kingdom is here and now. Unfortunately, religion has said this, is that heaven is just in another world. But when Jesus came to the earth and he set foot, when he set foot on the ground, he was making this statement, my kingdom has come. Jesus preached that the kingdom of God is here and it is here right now. When Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven, he didn't talk about the kingdom of heaven that was way out there. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is here and now. Do you know for citizenship, and I shared a little bit of this on Wednesday night, is that citizenship is this, is that when you come in contact with citizenships, you experience it. Do you realize that? It is that when you go to another nation, you step foot, and you step foot in that nation, and you experience the citizenship of that nation. Do you realize? It's like you, you step foot, you step, I step foot in Poland. And I tell you what, I experienced the citizenship of Poland. I, I, I really felt the Polish people. I experienced what they're really like. They're so harsh. <laughs> like, when they speak, I couldn't understand. I thought they were swearing at each other. But no, apparently they were kind and nice and loving. <laughs> but, but you experience it. You have to be somewhere to actually experience it's the same with the kingdom of God. If we want to know what the kingdom of God is, we need to experience it. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. And unfortunately, from a religious point of view, it's, it's like the kingdom of God, it's something that you achieve when you die, when you're dead. It's like a deferred hope into the future. But let me tell you, the hope 
is here right now. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. Salvation is here right now. And all the promises that go with it is here right now. You and I are citizens of heaven. We take that with us wherever we go. Where people encounter you, they encounter the kingdom of heaven. They encounter the kingdom of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. I love 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16. It says, I will live with these people and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. That's God right there and then. He's saying, hey, listen, I want to walk among you. I want to be with you, not when you die, but right now. That's why he sends the Holy Spirit. So that we can walk with God, so we can talk with God, so that he is our, he is our strength right now. God's saying, you know what, I want to walk amongst you. I, I believe God walks amongst us right now. During praise and worship, during that time of just lifting up the name of Jesus, he is walking through. His spirit is coming through. And he is saying, you are my people. You are my people. You are God's chosen. His chosen community. It's not about an old vacant building. It's not about this thing with nice, nice windows stained glass that's empty. It's not an outdated institution, irrelevant from today's society. You know, and I would agree, sometimes the churches look like that. Sometimes you can go drive down some of these streets and the churches are empty and they're, they're overgrown and they're, they're dead. And sometimes it would look like, but the church isn't about a building, it's about a people. Citizens of heaven are about individual lives. Submitting themselves to God. Yeah. Some people would look at the church and, and you hear it time and time again. And some of us have relatives that would say this. Well, that's just a place where the hypocrites are. That, that's just a place where, you know, they say one thing and they do the other. And I would say, come and join us. You'll fit right in. <laughs> he is without sin, throw the first stone. The early church believed and baptized. They had faith in Christ and they said, hey, come and join the kingdom. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is now. And I, I believe this today that, that God has chosen citizens to bring hope to humanity. He's chosen you and I, citizens of heaven, to bring that hope around to a world that is dying, to a world that is hurting. Uh, I was talking to Vince last week, uh, Vic last week, and as I was talking to Vic, he, he reminded me and he spoke about the Welsh revival. And I remember doing revival history and I remember looking through all the, the revivals that took place around the world and, and, and he made this statement is that people back in those days when the Welsh revival was taken, and it transformed a nation. It transformed a nation. God's hand moved so strong across a nation that, you know, there was no Bibles left. You couldn't find a Bible. You couldn't buy a Bible because they were all gone. 
is that they, they had the industrial revolution and they, they had the donkeys that would go down into the mines and they would dig out the coal and they'd bring it out and they had to retrain the donkeys because everyone's mouth had been transformed. It was like they didn't understand go and stop and come. They were so used to another language. <laughs> that revival took place and just transformed the hearts of individuals. And he was telling me, and he said, there was a motto, if only I could just make it to Wales. And these were other nations and other people hearing what was happening in Wales, and they wanted transformation, they wanted healing, they wanted something, and all they had in their heart was this, if only I could make it to Wales, I will be saved. Imagine that. If that happened right here. Is that in this place, transformation took shape. And it wasn't about a, a man, it wasn't about a person, but it was about a group of citizens, believers, kingdom thinkers that lifted up the name of Jesus. That as we worship God and, and transformation took place, people would start to hear what was taking place. See, people would start to hear, what? Cancer-free zone? What? Someone was healed? Like, set free? Like... Their marriage was restored, like things have started to happen because they were going to that place. I find this, people keep their ear to the ground. They know what's going on. There is a gossip line in every city. Imagine if it was, if I could just get there, my marriage would be restored. If I could just get there, I would just find my healing. If I could just get there, I would just... And we know that they could receive it out there. But there's something about humanity is that you have to reach out. You have to move across and go into and receive it. If I could just get there. Ephesians 2.19, it says, You are citizens with everyone else who belongs to the family of God. You know, we belong to a family. We belong to the family of God. We belong to heaven. Welcome, you belong here. Family, citizens of heaven. I find this is that you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Pick the person next to you. Oh, we got a pretty good family. Like, honestly... Maybe some you wouldn't. Yeah, no, I'd pick you all. <laughs> you know, I love my family and I love the diversity in my family. You know, there's uncles and aunties, there's first and second cousins. Yeah, they're all different. They're all diverse, but, but that's what makes family great. Imagine if we were all the same. I'll tell you what, it'd be boring. We all dress the same. Like, come on, let's, let's have some read. Can't even get that one out. Originality. Now, when God says, hey, come to me, he says, don't leave your personality at the door. I gave you that. That's your strength. Bring it with you. Please. Please. The last thing he wants is dead Christians. With this family, there is always a place at the table for those that are willing to be part of it. That's what I find about the kingdom of God, that there is always a place at the table for others. He says, you know what, come, and he offers it, but he says it's your choice. And that's what I love about God, the free will that he actually gives us. 
He gives us the choice. He gives us the choice to step into the promises. He gives us the choice to take hold of the promised land. And at the end, he's not withholding it. It's us choosing not to enter in. But he says, hey, listen, come come and sit at my table. Come and partake of what I have. You know, the family of God includes all believers in the past, the present, and all who are willing to believe in the future. All who are willing to believe in the future. As I was leaving my grandma in, in Melbourne, in Yarram actually, I actually got to pray with her. And, and as I was preparing and as I was reading that statement that I was going to say, is that I, I believe this, is that when I get to heaven, I know it will be well, well organized. Because she'll go before me. And so those that are to come, the kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is here. We are all citizens of the kingdom of God. And what I find is that with the kingdom, there always comes a kingdom culture. There always comes those things is that you know you engage citizenship because of the culture that is around it. Like I said, being in Poland, I was like, whoa, these guys just need to settle down. <laughs> but too, when people engage us, they, they engage a kingdom culture as well. Is that, is that we speak different. Is that we, we act different. We, we take on the standards of heaven. We take on the standards of his kingdom. How, how do you know if someone is truly saved? You know what? They take on the standard of heaven. They, they take on the culture of heaven. They, they take hold of the culture of his kingdom. They step into who he's called them to be. For us here, and I, I don't know whether any of you or many of you have actually been on our website, is that as a church we have a heartbeat document. And, and some of those things is like this is the culture of who we are as a church. And, and on um, Wednesday night I shared a couple of those culture things that we, we believe as a church or who we are as a church. For some of you, you might have noticed the, some of have called it the, the, the wall of fame as you walk through the corridor into the cafe. Is it right there? It, it, it's a wall of pictures, but if you have a look, and it's actually statements of culture, of what we believe with scriptures underneath. Because what we're saying is, you know, if we're going to be kingdom people, is that we have to have a kingdom foundation. If we are citizens of heaven, well then, this is how we engage our world. If you read through our heartbeat document, I, I look at it and we've got acceptance, authenticity, compassion, faith, honour, generosity, influence, passion, progress and togetherness. And, and I, I don't think you can go and write, you know, they're just some that, that we have, but there's a lot more. And so when I, when I, I look at these things and I look at kingdom culture, I, I thought, well, you know, there's something about those statements. It identifies who we are. It, it identifies what we're not. My, my favorite one when I look at all those, those culture statements, those attitudes, I suppose, is my favorite one is always faith. So when I had a group of people around and we discussed our culture and, and what we believe from those, those attitudes is 
I said, you know what, faith has to be the highest. And they're like, no. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, no, I think our culture is honour. Honour's the highest. I'm like, yeah. No, I think faith. I'm saying faith. And then they're like, no, we think progress. I'm like, no, no, faith. Without faith, you can't have progress. Without faith, you can't have honour. I win. <laughs> but as I was thinking today, I was like, well, you know, I went through faith with the leaders, but we believe this is that faith unwavering is an unwavering belief in God and people. You know, John 14, 1, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God and also trust me. Trust God and also trust me. Here's Jesus. He's saying, hey, you know what? Trust God, but trust me. Our faith should be unwavering and our belief should be sure. One of my statements that I love, it says, God can be trusted. He will do all that he promised to do. God is the God of the impossible no matter what the situation. No matter what the situation. Is it our house, our place of faith in God and belief in people? Our, our house is a place where we have faith in God and faith in people. We have faith in God and faith in people. Is it when you are citizens of heaven... God's economy is relationship. Do you realize that? God's economy is relation. It's a relationship with him and a relationship with people. And so when it comes to faith, we need to have faith in God and faith in those around us. One of the other statements that we have is togetherness. Or together is that together is a way of life. Is that it, I, I love the statement is that when two or three are gathered in my name, in my name as in faith, I am there. He is here right now. His spirit dwells among us. So, so we need faith and we need others. Acts 2.44 says this, All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. He added to their number daily. Why? Because they met together. Why? Because... They're in one accord. Why? Because they broke the bread. Why? Because they had faith in who God was. They knew that his kingdom was here and now. They knew that his kingdom wasn't of this world, but it, it, was, it was here and now, though. It wasn't natural, it's spiritual. It supersedes the natural. God is attracted to his people doing life together. God delights in the gathering of his children. Do you realize that? God delights in the gathering of his children. For this reason, we choose to be a people that never do it alone. 
I pray this is that you don't do life alone. I pray this is that you don't do it alone. Is that when you're hurting, don't hurt alone. Is that when you're, you're going through the best things in life, don't do it alone. God never designed us to do it alone. He, he designed us to be in relationship with Him and relationship with others. That's, that's His desire. His desire was from the beginning of time is to actually walk with us. To commune with us together with Him and with others. Why would we go solo and rob ourselves of greater influence? There's something about being together. There's something about being together. If God is always wanting to extend his kingdom, we can begin to recognize we are part of the family business. Do you realize that? We are part of the family business right here and right now. And being part of the family business gives us our significance. It gives us our purpose. Being part of God's family business gives us our significance. Well, you just want to be big. You just want... No. God wants everyone saved. He wants all to enter into his kingdom. He wants everyone to come into the to acknowledge or to the knowledge of who he is. And and when I look at all, that's a big number. That's not about two or three people. That's about everyone. Like, I I look at the peninsula, I'm like, you know, not everyone's in church on Sunday. I I look at the northern suburbs, not everyone's in church. Not, Not everyone will worship God. Not everyone will open up their Bible. Not everyone will come and spend time with him. And he's just saying, come on, right now, I just want relationship. The only limitation that God ever puts upon himself is you and I. Do you realize? The only limitation. I was like, God, he's the God, he should have no limitation, but he chooses to use me. I'm probably his biggest limitation. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'll go first. I'm probably the major limitation why, God, we haven't seen revival in Australia right now. I'll put it out there. I'll take it, since no one else wants to, because you're all perfect and you're all thinking. At the end of the day, it's just imperfect people helping imperfect people. That's what it is. That's the church. That's the citizens of heaven. Don't get offended. We're all human. It's a journey. It's a journey. There's power in our together. There's a commanded blessing in our unity. There is a commanded blessing in our unity. And there's strength in our numbers. There's strength in our numbers. I look at the unity and, and I find this when it comes to unity. Is that you can have unity but you've also got diversity in unity. Yeah. When it comes to unity, everyone it doesn't mean being the same. It doesn't mean being a cookie cutter. It actually means just bringing your strength. 
what you have and offering it. And together with your strength and my strength, you make up my lack. I make up your lack. Where you're weak, I might be strong. Where I'm weak, you might be strong. And then when the Holy Spirit breathes upon it, watch out. But in our unity, people ascend, assemble together for a cause saying something that no individual can. This is why Jesus left behind his disciples. Not his disciple. He left behind a group of people, not one. Not one. A group. Tommy Tenney says this, he says, Unity means giving people the right to sing their own note, yet making sure they are in harmony with the vision of the body. I love that. Singing your own note, but in unity with the vision of the body. When we are together, we are able to use one another's strength and compensate on one another's weaknesses. It is critical that we stay committed to his kingdom. It is critical. To love Christ and reject his body is a gross misunderstanding of both the plan of God and the value of people. Do you realize that? To reject his body, to love Christ and reject his body is a gross misunderstanding. I love how Pastor Mark puts it. <laughs> he, he says, God, I love you, but I hate your bride. She's ugly. It's true. Who's he coming back for? He's coming back for his church. I don't know about you, but if someone called my wife ugly, I'll punch you in the face. And I am saved, and I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus, and he's still working on me daily. Like, I wonder, like, I wonder what goes through people's minds. I'm like, you can't say that. He sanctifies her. He washes her clean. And you're criticizing her? Sometimes we just have to watch. And, and I guarantee you, he knows it's not perfect, but his grace covers her. Like, honestly, my wife covers me so much with grace. She'll get up here and she'll tell you how perfect I am, but I'll tell you what, she's just covering me with grace. The same, I believe, that he just covers us constantly with this grace. And he chooses to see a perfect bride. He chooses to see it sanctified. He chooses to see it holy. He chooses it. And in that, as he starts to choose, as he starts to declare, as he starts to speak, as he starts to just come upon that, you know, what happens is, is the church starts to rise and become all that. As citizens of heaven, we're called to live at a standard. He calls us up. And in citizenship, we, we move into his culture. Morally, we move into his culture. We take on his values. 
We take on his mindsets. We take on all those things that come with being a citizen. We, we start to reflect who our king is. But through faith and together, we'll see heaven come to earth. We'll see his kingdom expanded. The church is one of the greatest miracles on the planet. Do you realize that? one of the greatest miracles on the planet is people working together. It's working together, it's living together, it's loving, it's praying for the advancement of God's kingdom and the salvation of souls. There is no more, no more worthy, important and challenging cause than this. It is only when we are together that it will be achieved. Do you realise that? when the citizens of heaven come together, when we come imperfect people helping imperfect people. And that's okay. Over thousands of years, you see through the Bible, God using imperfect people. He used Moses. He used David. He used all those ones, and they weren't perfect. By far. But he still used them. If he believes in people then who are we to criticise the subject of his methods? Who are we to criticise? Victory is inevitable. Victory is inevitable. And this morning, I, I want to put this, where two or three are gathered, he is here. If I get the keys and Bo come back up, it'd be great, thanks is that as I was travelling back, I, I got to sit next to two love doves, I would say. It reminded me of the first trip in a plane I took with my wife. Do you remember those days? Where it was just you and her, and, and you were getting away, no kids, no ties to life. Everything was bliss. You'd just finished university. You had money in the bank. <laughs> and I sat next to this couple. And, and as I was flying over, I, I thought it was interesting because we actually talked. You don't talk. Normally you keep to yourself. But as I talked, I, I started to learn where they're from and what they're doing. And, they're, and just the, you know, finished university, something. But then they asked the question, as everyone does. <laughs> I love it. What do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. Like, oh. I just went quiet. It always goes quiet. I don't know why. I went quiet. And I just was just there with them and And I just had this prompting. God was like, hey, just keep talking. Just, this could be the moment that you just plant a seed. This could be the moment that something could happen. And for most of the trip, we didn't talk or whatever, but there's just the time there. I actually love plane trips because I've just realized I can delete a whole heap of photos off my phone. <laughs> and I just started to go through and and I was like, well, okay, how's this going to open up? She goes, 
because they do say, well, that must be great. You know, you get to travel, you get to do all this. And, and to them, they, they were thinking that church was just this stone building, like I said at the start, just this thing that was a vacant or that it was a benevolent institute or that it was this thing that just dingy or you know, traditional or dead. Like Catholic, no, I didn't say that. Like, you know, when you went to school and you did Catholic Mass as a seven-year-old. That's what you remember of sitting, standing up, sitting, standing up, not songs like this. And, and as I was just scrolling through, I just noticed, looking over, and I was like, huh. So I left one up of our Christmas production. And I just said, oh, this is church. She's like, oh. Wow. I just left it. I just thought right there, maybe I've just given them an insight for something more. It's not about ramming a Bible down their throat, but it's about just giving a window of opportunity to have a glimpse at where we live, at what we have as citizens. And I, I believe this, that we have the Spirit of God. We have God that walks with us, that wants to be with us. And as we carry the culture of heaven and we carry faith, we carry faith that God will move, that miracles will take place. We carry the faith that when we are together, the Holy Spirit is with us and He'll work and move through us. But my question to you is this, is do you see religion, do you see the kingdom of heaven as something that takes place when you're six foot under? Or is it now in your life? Will you bring salvation to those around you? Will you declare the word of God? Will you show them what heaven is through how you live here on earth? And this is why I asked Bo to play this song. We don't normally play this song. This is a Hillsong song. We don't play Hillsong. <laughs> but as I was listening to this song, I, I love the words. Yeah. Here now. Spirit of God. Just sing the first verse. Yeah, come on. Spirit, breathe like the wind, come have your way. Cause I know that you are here now. All I know is I know that you are here now. Spirit, breathe like the wind, come have your way. My question is, do you live like this? Knowing that the Spirit of God is here now. The kingdom of heaven is here now. Lord God, I thank you that we have an amazing church. But Lord God, I thank you more that we are citizens of heaven that your spirit dwells in and each 
and through each and every one of us. And Lord God, I, I pray that we take on the culture of heaven. Lord God, through faith. Lord God, we take on the citizenship. We walk in the authority that you've given each and every one of us. And because it's a, a kingdom and because you are the king, your name carries power. The name of Jesus. And the very name is like the presence of you being in a room. And that as we spend time with you, as your spirit intertwines our life, that every time we mention the name of Jesus, every time we come to a place and we declare the name of Jesus in any circumstance, whatever it be, whether it's sickness, whether it's lack, whether it's turmoil, at the very name of Jesus, through your authority, it will bow. Because heaven is here. Your kingdom is here now. We are citizens of heaven. Have your way. You are Lord today. Because I know that you are here now. You are here. We're not waiting to win. Dead, we're here now. Fix my eyes on the things that I can't see now. Spirit, breathe like a wind from out your To know that you are here now Still my heart, let your voice be all I hear now Speak my eyes on the things that I can't see now Come on, show us, Father God Spirit, breathe the Things that I can't see now Spirit 
anyone in this room, I, I don't know where your relationship with God is. But Jesus, he came, he died on a cross. It was an act that was for an individual but included the multitudes. That he had you in mind. But in having you in mind, he had everyone else in mind. And the only thing that he had in mind was to fulfill the will of the Father. To fulfill the will of God so that we could walk with God. As I said in Corinthians, is that all he desires to do is just Walk with you and I. Walk with his people. And the way that he does it is he just says this, you know what? You choose. You choose. What sort of a God lets his creation choose their response? And he says to his creation, he goes, you know, I've made the perfect sacrifice. I've made a way back so that you can commune with me directly, so that you can have a personal relationship. I've done it. You don't have to do anything. I have done it. All you have to do is just choose. Believe upon me. And as you believe upon Jesus Christ as being his son and that he died, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. To come and be called a citizen of heaven. That's enough to be called a child of the Most High God. That's enough to get you through the door to become royalty. That's enough to get you through the door and receive all the promises that are in the Bible. All the promises, not some, all the promises that you choose, you can have with a yes and an amen. But all you have to do is say, I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on a cross. Lord, I know that I've been away from you. I know I don't have a relationship with you. But right now, I want to believe in Jesus and I want a relationship. And he said he will come and walk with you. And with true salvation comes transformation. Is that as you receive Christ, you step into his kingdom. As you step into his kingdom, you receive his promises, his life, his culture. And you won't want to go back to not having a relationship with him. You won't want to go back to the past. You want to go into the future. You want to walk with him. And today I want to ask, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you are not a citizen of heaven, I would love to pray with you this morning. If everyone could just bow their heads and close their eyes. If you want that relationship, if you want His promises, if you want Him to walk with you, if you want His Spirit in your life, I would love to pray with you this morning. 
if you're like that, I would love just to ra- for you to raise your hand while no one's looking so I can pray with you. Just where you are as I look across. Thanks, mate, down the front. Come on. Does anyone else want to join? The young man. Just raise your hand. I'll just pray with you. It's going to be one moment. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is now. It is this moment. And he's just waiting for you to respond. Just a wait. Does anyone else want to join this young man? Father God, you see the hearts of every individual in this place. Lord God, whether they've raised their hand or not, Father, I pray that right now they take it within their heart. Salvation, your kingdom. As they believe upon Jesus, Father, I pray that they step into your kingdom. They step into your citizenship. Father, we know that you've gone before us. And that right now, let us see as you see. Let us hear as you hear, Father. Let us walk in your spirit as you send your spirit as a guarantee on that decision today. Lord God, pour blessing and favor out around each and every one of them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand.